Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. Each week we highlight a local ministry that is impacting the community in Jesus' name. Our hope is to connect you to a ministry in which you can grow and serve in Christ's kingdom. And now your host for the Ministry of the Week, Craig Roberts. Well, on today's edition of the program, we have a very special guest joining us today in studio, a longtime friend and a voice certainly familiar to the KFAX audience. Um, He hosts the program, heard Monday through Friday at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX, called Verse by Verse. And we're pleased to have with us today in studio the senior pastor of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, Pastor Leighton Sheely. Pastor Sheely, welcome to the program. Thank you, Craig. Good to be here. This is a different experience for me because when I say welcome, Pastor Sheely, I'm used to actually looking across the table at your dear dad who uh, went home to be with the Lord in February of this year. And uh, of course, it's been no doubt a, a tremendous transition for not only Church of the Highlands and the the, the huge shoes that you've stepped into, Phil, about a decade now since you were installed as senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the, the, the footprint, the impact that this man's life and ministry has had on not only his family, his church family, and of course, radio listeners throughout all of Northern California. Daybreak broadcast continues here on KFAX weekday mornings at at 6.30, and then a global ministry as well. And there are so many layers to the onion of the ministry of Church of the Highlands and the Sheely family that we're delighted to spend some time with you today getting to know more about you, more about the ministry. So take us back, Pastor Layton. The church was started by your dad in Daly City clear back in 1959. That's right, October in 1959, um, and he rented a facility that was some kind of community center that uh, had uh, parties the night before, and so he and some elders had to get up early on Sunday morning and scrub the floors and <laughs> clean the bottles out and make it ready for church. I was told that the property that was used is now sitting somewhere under Freeway 280 in, in Daly City, so it, it doesn't exist anymore. And then, by the grace of God, we were able to purchase a property next to uh, Mary's Help Hospital, which is now Seton Medical Center, on top of the hill, and and uh, Dad bought some old barracks and uh, pulled them apart and put them back together as a sanctuary, and um, and that's how the church got started. It got started in, in Daly City next to Seton Medical Center. There was an amazing door that opened up in about 1970, 72 to acquire an old shopping center right. up in the Highlands area of San Bruno. Tell us that story. Uh, Portola Highlands. Uh, interesting story. Um, you know, we're a little congregation of 150, 200 people, give or take. And um, one of our elders, uh, who later became one of our pastors, Peter, was doing, doing his, I don't know what he was doing, he was driving or something like that, came across this property and, and brought it home to, to Dad. It was, a, it was a shopping center that was on the market for $1.4 million, which, you know, was a huge amount of money back in the 1970s. And, and uh and so um, Dad, uh, you know, checked into it uh, to see if it might be something God wanted to, to, to do. And, and there was a whole series of miracles that took place that got us into that building. Um, they, the, the organization that had it sold it not for $1.4 million, but sold it to us for 400000 They wrote a million dollars down. Wow. And then um, the Dad went into the banker to get the money, the loan that we needed to, to buy the property. And... Back then, uh, bankers didn't want to loan to churches 
because in general churches were notorious for being poorly managed. And then secondly, it created a PR nightmare when you Bad had to foreclose. Yeah, what do you do when you foreclose? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make the banker look good. So you know they didn't they didn't they weren't real comfortable. Um, and so what they did is they said, "We'll loan you the money uh, if you and all of your elders um, pledge your assets to co- co-sign the note, basically." And so Dad, you know, thought about it and prayed about it, and, and he went back to the banker and says, I, "You know, I just I will pledge my." Uh, my home, but I'm not going to ask my elders to pledge theirs. And uh, and so the banker said, well, Pastor, nothing we can do. And Dad walked away, and he thought, okay, well, that's that's fine. And two hours later, he gets a call from the banker saying, Pastor, come on down and sign the paperwork. And so Dad comes back, and he says to the banker, you know, can you explain what changed in the last two hours? And the banker said, uh, Pastor, I can't, but when you pay off the, the note, then I'm authorized to tell you what happened. So Dad signed the note. Years later, he came back and made the final payment on it and asked the banker what had happened. And the banker said, I can tell you now. Um, the vice president of the company that sold you the property personally co-signed the note so you could have that church. Wow. So it was a miracle every which way. We, we got into that building. Our first service was called the pillow service because we didn't have any chairs. We brought our pillows and threw them on the floor, and there's this huge Safeway, which was like one half, one side of the of the building. And there's a little congregation looking at this immense building and thinking, my gracious, what in the world have we gotten ourselves in for? We'll never use this space. Well, that was back in the 70s. I think, you know, by the 80s. So you don't we, say that much around there anymore. <laughs> no, it's no, it's, for a long time. Not for a long time. By the eighties, we had we had built out the entire building. Uh, by the nineties, we were subdividing. You know, um, if it's if it's big enough to be an office, it's a classroom. If it's big enough to be a closet, it's an office. I've joked with the staff that I'm, I'm thinking about hiring staffers that are four feet or less, so that we can stack them. You know. Put them on an ancient staircase. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just been uh, really re- remarkable what God has done in the church and in the school. And uh, we have just recently um, been challenging the congregation to begin praying that God will again miraculously give us a bigger box, a bigger building, because we've utilized all the space that's available, and um, we we have our school needs more classrooms and uh, more gymnasium space and more play yards and uh, uh, we've done we've got four services on Sunday morning another one on Sunday evening another one on Saturday night Um, next year we'll be uh, starting satellite campuses in order to um, accommodate as best we can the, the desires of the congregation to be present on Sunday morning. What, what do you attribute this phenomenal growth to, Pastor? And I ask that question because we're ministering in a day and an age and in a region of the country that has some of the lowest per capita church attendance in history. Uh, in fact, I think the most recent numbers out by George Barna indicate 4% of Bay Areans ever go to church. That even includes the folks that show up at Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. And yet, here's Church of the Highlands experiencing this continued phenomenal growth. The school busting at the seams. You've just recently celebrated 50 years of ministry. 
uh, the churches you indicate you've gone as out as you can and as up as you can. So now it's a question of, God, what do you have for us next? Right. What do you attribute this phenomenal growth to? God. God's blessing. Um, you know, I, I've been around. I, I, I was born on the peninsula, grew up on the peninsula. I've been involved in ministry over 30 years. I've seen and met some of the great pastors that have come and given their lives on the San Francisco Peninsula uh, to the ministry, and great preachers, great pastors. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that the, the bottom line is, 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 is it's God. And I think there's some contributing aspects to it, and that is that um, Church of the Highlands uh, really is a family that it's um, it's a place where people can come and uh, they can be uh, transparent uh, and uh, grow in their knowledge of God, His Word, His relation, their relationship with Him. Um, that the people there really love on each other, care for each other, pray for each other, um, and um, and I think that's one of the reasons why. God has blessed the church. It has a lot to do, too, doesn't it, with the, the bar that has been established, the standard that was set by your dad so many years ago in terms of great education programs, wonderful music program. In fact, you led the youth choir for many, many years there going back in the day. Yeah. Um, lots to offer people, and yet never a sense of entertainment going on at Church of the Highlands, but pure ministry and a high degree of integrity in the pulpit. If there was anything I appreciated about your dad, Pastor Don Sheely, was his faithfulness to preaching God's Word. Some preachers these days extract one or two verses and Mm -hmm. then go off on rabbit trails, and it becomes largely a reference to the Bible and then 45 minutes of insight and opinion, as opposed to pure exhortation and biblical preaching. Right. You think that's a big reason why Highlands <laughs> has done what it's done in terms of the impact that it's had on so many lives? I think it is uh, because it's really God's Word and God's Spirit that transforms lives. And, uh, and so um, we as a church, it's about God's Word. It's not about whatever the pastor opinion is about whatever the subject might be. And so um, – and, and another part of it is is, is Highlands has endeavored to – remain uh, central in terms of its theology, um, not getting into tangential issues or following rabbit trails or things like that. Um, there are a lot of fads that have come and gone with the church. You know that, Craig, because you've been around for years. You've seen them. And, uh, and we, we just haven't jumped on those, those fads. It's just really basic staying in the scriptures and and uh, learning what they say, what they mean, how they apply uh, to daily living. Um, so I think that, that the integrity is uh, very important uh, to Highlands in so many ways. In terms of entertainment, we, we don't entertain. Now, having said that, we've done Scrooge now. I think this is the 25th anniversary of Scrooge, which means we started it like 27 years ago. Some of the kids that were in the original cast as children are now grown, married, and have kids of their own. So um, it's really incredible when you can celebrate something for 25 years that continues to have an impact in the community. 
And some people might look at it and say, well, Scrooge is a drama, and, and uh, so it's entertainment. But actually, um, it's a very intentional way of presenting the gospel in a non-abrasive, non-confrontational fashion where the gospel message is interwoven through the dialogue from the beginning to the end. So there is entertainment. People do laugh. The guy that plays Scrooge has been in the program all 25 years, never missed an entrance, and is a brilliant uh, actor. Um, but uh, the gospel is just woven through the, through the whole thing so that when we finish it up, people who come have not only been entertained, but they've also been given the gospel as well. So, um, you know, I, I, and whatever we do at Highlands, we endeavor to do with excellence. Uh, we're never satisfied with the status quo. Um, and, that, and, and it's not because we're in competition with anyone else. It's in, because we're wanting to do everything with excellence for the glory of God. You know, I, I think about what God uh, did in, uh, in his creation. The whole creation is described in, in two chapters. And so anything that's included is, is important. And then if it's mentioned more than once, it's really important. And uh, one of the things that's always struck me is at the end of those days of creation, God would step back, inspect his work, and say, I do good work. It was good. And, uh, and I think that, that we as believers, as pastors, as churches, should be able to do the same thing. We step back from a day's work and, and inspect it and say, it was good. You obviously grew up as a pastor's kid. Yeah. Uh, you attended Bethany Bible College down I in did. Santa Cruz, graduated in the early 80s. Right. Uh, was it your initial design in the beginning to kind of follow in Dad's footsteps and eventually take over as senior pastor, or did you have some other designs? <laughs> no, that was not my design by any means. Um, you know, I'd seen how, how, how hard uh, ministry could be, how difficult it was, the long hours and things like that. And, you know, I'm a young kid, and, and uh, so I... I the only reason I went to Bethany is because I didn't get good advice when I was in uh, high school about preparing for college. And so when I graduated from high school, I thought, well, I'll spend a year uh, working at Sears uh, in the automotive section, and, and then I'll figure out what I want to do. Well, I worked there for a summer, and I was so tired of busting tires and putting on shock absorbers, I thought, man, I need to get back to school. Now, what school is going to consider a student applying in August? And I thought, well, you see, my dad went to Bethany and graduated. My mom went to Bethany and graduated. My mom's dad and mom went to Bethany, only then it was glad tidings when it was in San Francisco. I'm third generation. Maybe, maybe they'll let me in because I'm third generation. And they let me in, but it was probably because they were desperate for students. <laughs> and, uh, and so I thought, well, I'll just go for a semester, a year, and, and you know, then I'll go to a real, a real school. And it turns out one, two, three, and then I graduate and, and I graduated uh, with a couple of majors. And, uh, but I, I really didn't intend to get into ministry, at least not full-time. I enjoyed ministry, um, you know, nights and weekends and stuff like that. So I was involved in our college ministry uh, initially. I went into outside sales, uh, worked for a telecommunications company. Um, it, was, uh, it was really an excellent education for me, working with people, uh, working with businesses, um, the company I was with went through several cycles of good management and bad management. And so having gone through that has actually helped me later years uh, as executive pastor 
in not repeating the bad stuff and, and repeating the good stuff. So it was, it was part of the education uh, that assisted me, you know. And, I, and that's what I found is whatever I've uh, experienced in the past, gone through and, and so forth, helps me in the future in, in some fashion. But uh, I went from there uh, to a Christian television station. Um, and uh, when I finished up, I called my dad. And I said, uh, hey, Dad, I'm finished up over here. Have you got any ideas of what I might do uh, next? And he said, well, son, I'm gonna, I'm, I want you to help me uh, start the Church Loan Corporation. Um, and uh, it was a, a division of, of Central Bank. And uh, he said, uh, we need to get this thing started, and, and you can come and help me. And, and uh, so he was commuting to Walnut Creek a couple of times a week to the headquarters for meetings and things like that. But uh, was doing some work out of the church. And, and the background was his dad had, years before that, tried to help churches get the finances they needed to do the building projects uh, to, you know, serve their communities. And, and, and so of course, forth. as you mentioned earlier, he'd had the experience of being told no. Yes. And while God did a miracle in the case of Church of the Highlands, as you shared in the previous segment, that isn't true for every congregation. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got there, and I set up my desk, and I, you know, filled a stapler and all that kind of stuff. I walked into his office. He's on the phone. He points to a chair. I sit down. He finishes his conversation, looks at me, and says, Son, uh, I've got a problem. I, I can't hire you at the bank. Evidently, there's some kind of regulation that doesn't allow two members of the same family to, you know, work together. Nepotism clause yeah. or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he said, Well, but our uh, youth minister and his wife are being transferred uh, to north, and, and uh, why don't you lead the youth choir? And, and I thought, well, I was, when I was in Bethany, I, I sang with the Ambassador Touring Choir and mm-hmm. Chancellor Choir, and, you know, I loved music. I thought, well, this, I got nothing else to Take do, right? Take this to something so, yeah, else so, coming along, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I got in and started leading, and uh, I was miserable, and the choir was miserable because I didn't have the first idea of what I was doing. I was driving through San Francisco, and I, I looked up at one of the skyscrapers, and a question went through my mind. I, I how long would Leighton, how long would it take Leighton to build one of those things? It all begins with a dream. And then I, I realized that that was what I was supposed to do in leading this youth choir was to, to be the dreamer, not in terms of creating my own dream, but capturing God's dream for us in that, in that enterprise. And so that was a really a revelatory uh, experience, sitting at a light in San Francisco God had the plan in mind. Right. And we hear in the Word, we hear it said all the time, that God has a plan for us. Right. And perhaps the reason why some people don't see that playing out to their total satisfaction is because rather than just following God's leading, they've tried to drive God in one direction or another. Right. And I think to a great degree that has a lot to say, too, about the level of, of the depth of our relationship with the Lord, where we have an intimate enough of a relationship to be able to surrender and say, God, I don't know. I'm not ready for this. I'm afraid of this. This intimidates me. Mm -hmm. And yet I want to be obedient to what you're calling me to do or leading me to do because I know you've got the best plan in place for me. Right. So you step out of your comfort zone by faith, and not everything that you attempt is going to be successful. And you learn from both your successes and your failures. In fact, as I look back over my life, I, I think I learned a lot more from my failures than I did from my successes. So I just encourage everyone to get outside their comfort zone. Some people 
have a hesitancy because they want God to, to reveal the entire plan. And I think that if I would have known the, the plan that has unfolded over the years, I would have probably been intimidated to even make the first step. But just taking it step by step, and then the next step when God put it in front of me and so forth, now when I look back, as you, you so well described it, I, I say I see God all along the way. And um, so I, I think that that's, uh, I want to just encourage uh, all believers to be involved in ministry. Ephesians 4 says that God gave pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for service. And I think a lot of Christians think that it's the guys with the titles or the collars or whatever that are supposed to be doing ministry, when in fact every believer should be involved in ministry. And it's the pastors and teachers who are called to equip their congregations for ministry. That really brings us to that full circle to the notion of discipleship and and the importance of not only believers to study to show themselves approved by getting themselves immersed in God's Word, getting to know God, developing a prayer life, mm-hmm. uh, that two-way communication right. that's both God hearing from us and then we hearing from Him. Mm-hmm. And then as we grow in that relationship to be able to go out and essentially duplicate ourselves, right. multiply ourselves. So in that regard then, as you point out, you don't have to be the pastor of a church. You don't have to have a radio talk show. Right. Uh, all of us where God has planted us have the not only the opportunity, but I believe the mandate to impact the lives of those around us mm-hmm. by simply making disciples. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul kind of described that process in uh, 1 Corinthians when he talked about, you know, one plants, another one waters. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said, I told the congregation a few, a few weeks ago, you know, before you water, you, you plant the seed. And, and really, if you want to take it back a little farther, before you plant the seed, you prepare the land. And I said, if you understand this principle, um, then you understand what some of the things the Church of the Highlands does. Get acquainted with our community and let them know that we're here and that we are uh, normal, fun-loving people, developing a relationship with them so that we can share the gospel with them so that they can choose whether or not they're going to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The vision for Church of the Highlands moving forward. You mentioned about a new building. Mm, yes. We talked about the 50th anniversary of Highlands Christian Schools and, of course, the, the tremendous impact of a Christian education that's had on the lives of, of literally thousands of students now down through the years. Where do you see God taking this ministry in the next five to ten years? The school has been around 50 years, and the team that God has brought together in the school is absolutely extraordinary. Our average eighth grader graduates post-high school on standardized tests. So basically, they almost don't need to go to high school because they've already got it covered, but that you have the emotional and physical developments that need to take place. But the quality of our education is one of the things that is exceptional about Highlands Christian Schools. But then we also have an outstanding athletic program, and uh, we also have an outstanding arts program. Our superintendent, Dr. David Johnston, happened to be one of my mentors when I was in Bible college. I asked him to come on and help at, uh, at Highlands, and he accepted the challenge. And he's just a brilliant schoolmaster. He's also a brilliant musician as well, conductor, violinist, virtuoso. And so we now have a 
school orchestra with over 50 string players. How many schools have that kind of an orchestra? We have endeavored to operate that school based solely on tuition. And so basically there's no more space inside of our building. So we're going to be starting satellite campuses. We've already increased our worship team 300% to get ready for that and are doing some restructuring in, in our team to make that a reality. We're asking God to miraculously give us a bigger building. We are doing church plants for a slightly different reason, but we've got a, a new church that's starting up in the Sacramento area. And what we'd like to be is to grow such a strong team that we can help some of the other Christ-centered, Bible-teaching churches in our community so that they can become even more effective at reaching the community as well. So a real kingdom-building teamwork Almost an incubator in a sense. Yeah. So those are some of the things we perceive as what God wants us to do as a church, and so we're just endeavoring to pay attention to the opportunities that he opens up. We want to invite listeners who would like to find out more about the ministry of Church of the Highlands. A couple of easy ways to do that. Of course, you can log on to churchofthehighlands.org. That's churchofthehighlands.org. You're invited to tune in for the radio broadcast, of course, verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Weekday evenings at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX. And Daybreak with Pastor Don Sheely. Weekday mornings at 6.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. You've also got a great resource available, highlandsconnection.com, which is a wonderful library. I wish every church would do this. A wonderful library of sermons. Thank you. So if you're looking to go deeper, you want to continue in the series, uh, you don't want to just piecemeal day by day, but say, I really love that. Now I want to listen to it all in one contiguous chunk or share it with others. Highlandsconnection.com is a great resource. Check it out. Bookmark it. Uh, It's a spot that I think you'll go back to with some frequency. Well, Pastor Leighton Shirley, we sure appreciate you coming in today and sharing with us. Thank you for listening to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. More information about this week's highlighted ministry is available at kfax.com. Also, please tune in this Sunday at 12 noon for a message from this ministry. And tune in at this time next week for another edition of the KFAX Ministry of the Week. Until next time, God bless.